deep in London's beating heart lies a wall. I'd like to it be if you know the call. For if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see. Cause the wizard world is opened up as has the Griffin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Shriekcast, no longer a Harry Potter reread podcast for lapsed fans. I'm your host, ZC. And I'm Liz. And Liz. Uh, we are getting close. We're not quite there yet, but we are getting closer to being able to watch the Hunger Games film. Mm-hmm. And I've been allowing myself, because of this, to 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 dip back into my headlines and articles and whatnot about the Hunger Games because those have all been all been film themed. We have a new film coming soon: Songbirds and Snakes, etc. But it has led me to a discovery. Mm-hmm. Did you know, were you aware of an album called The Hunger Games Songs from District 12 and Beyond? <laughs> like, not, so not the soundtrack then. Not the soundtrack. This is a, do you remember, do you remember when you would get a CD when you were like looking for the soundtrack to a movie as a kid, and instead of it being like the score, it was like uh, music inspired by the film. I didn't. Hmm. Did you have like the Pokemon first movie soundtrack that had a bunch of shit that was like not in the Pokemon movie, etc.? <laughs> no, I don't think this has ever happened to me. Oh my god, this happened to me a lot as a kid because I was I was like a big. Even as a, as as like a kid, I was like, yeah, I love I love the soundtrack. I want the I want the Hellboy soundtrack. I want the <laughs> I want the Pirates of the Caribbean CD. Um, and you'd have to be careful because sometimes you would get the wrong CD, and it was like songs from and inspired by the movie, which meant that it would be like the you know like the the rap song about the plot that was at the in over the credits, and um, then a bunch of other songs. <laughs> I mean. So what if this happened to me, as we established during our previous music game, Mm. I don't recognize music. So maybe Mm -hmm. I was like, I want the soundtrack to this. I got (laughs) one of those and was like, yes, this is the soundtrack. This was the the soundtrack. (laughs) This is what I was hearing during the movie. Maybe, maybe that's the case. Yeah, I I had this happen several times. Like the there's the um, there's the Pokemon the first movie soundtrack that has just like a bunch of pop songs on it that are like super not in the movie. I think this one of the Spider Man movies had one of these, and it was just like a bunch of like rock stuff instead of the Danny Elfman music. How does it happen? Like who is it made for? I I or mean. By? That's a really good question. Yeah, I, I, I think this was just like, like it still sort of happens. Like you'll get like, oh, uh, like the Barbie movie has like a bunch of like pop artists on it, right? But like, uh, I think all of those songs are in the movie, but it's like a marketing tie-in thing. Okay. But for these movies where it's like, Oh yeah, there's a Spider-Man album that has like a solo Chad Kroger from Nickelback song on it. That definitely feels like something that doesn't happen as much anymore. <laughs> uh, okay, so yeah, Batman, the old ones, Spider-Man had these. Uh, 
uh, Pokemon, the first movie. Uh, there's a whole bunch of the, I'm just, I need like a list. I need a list of, of, of these. I think there was one for like one of the blade movies or something. It was just Mm -hmm. like, you would, you would get, it was like a mood list almost. It was like, you, you know how you can go on Tumblr and someone's like, I made a Spotify playlist for this ship. Or something. Yeah, or go on to Stephanie Meyer's website and go to her official Spotify <laughs> playlists for the for the novels. I got us very off track here. <laughs> no, no, I, I I I think this is good context because that is exactly what the Hunger Games songs from District Twelve and Beyond is. And there's one artist in particular who's on here who I I think is is very serendipitous for us, and I want to see if you can identify this artist from some clips that I've made that I have uh, used really, really powerful technology to mask a bit because I'm worried oh, no. that uh, oh, the, no. <laughs> the episode will get struck down by the copyright gods. Mm-hmm, right. So without further ado, I'm going to play, I, I have a few versions, you know, we'll, 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 we'll work towards an answer here. Let's see, see, here's, here's, here's one, here's one version I've made here. Is this ringing any bells? Taylor Swift. Oh my God, you got it in one. <laughs> Fuck, I had a whole thing. Oh no. <laughs> I, I can't, I can't identify Bach. I can't identify My Chemical Romance. I can't identify Umineko. But I... <laughs> I can, I can, I can get a Taylor Swift song I've never heard pitched up. Oh my God, you're the goat. You're, you're. I'd know Swish. that shit anywhere. Dunk, got it in one, one, one shot. No scope. This is incredible. Okay, mm-hmm. fuck. I was, I, I was like this little. This will be a fun winding road to the to the reveal that there's not one but two Taylor Swift songs on this album. I I have thwarted your game twice in a row. <laughs> well, this 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 one though this one this almost feels sort of like cosmic justice for me, really. Maybe, for like maybe for, for putting you through the first game in the first place. <laughs> but now you just got it. Boom. Got it in That's one. Right. Oh. That's right. Um, okay, well, can I play the other ones that I made? Because they're really funny. Yes, absolutely. Please do. I think it sounds pretty good, kind of like this. But yeah. even better, what if it was pitched down and slower? You kind of like a... Kind of, kind of like a, uh, uh, like, chopped and screwed version of this here. Right, so. yeah. And then, finally, I was really happy. I put it through a, I put it through a ball stretch filter. And it sounds quite, quite healing, honestly. It is. This is, this is rather, rather spiritual, I think. Mm-hmm. every day before cat school starts. 
this one, I'll tell you that. Maybe I should have started here <laughs> and worked, worked backwards, you know, but I was just... <laughs> And I turn it off, it sort of feels like I'm just, like, waking up in a movie violently. Like, ah. Yeah, yeah. The dream sequence is over. Mm-hmm. The songs from District 12 and beyond. There's Here's a Billboard article that walks through some of the artists on here. So we have Arcade Fire. We have Secret Sisters. We have Nico Case. There's a Kid Cudi song on here. <laughs> a Decemberist song, One Engine. Is that a... You like Decemberist, right? Are you a Decemberist? I, I'm a Decemberists liker, um, yeah. although I'm very picky and choosy about the songs I listen to, and mm. I don't think that's on my list uh, that I come back to much. You don't think you you don't think you've come back to the Hunger Games exclusive Decemberist <laughs> song? Uh huh. There's one really funny one on here, which is, and this is on Billboard, which is like, you know, like an industry trade online magazine, and just going. Uh, Jamie D rules from a vocal standpoint. Newcomer Jamie D holds her own against the bigger names on the soundtrack. Although rules is admittedly one of the weaker tracks on the disc. Damn, this isn't even a review. Wow. Sort of a wow. sort of a slam in your summary of this album. Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> so there's there's the Hunger Games songs from District Twelve and Beyond. I would say that that's something we have to look forward to when we watch the film. But these are this is just a CD that you had to go and buy. So I guess I guess we can't. Right. Mm-hmm. So we can't look forward to that. Maybe I should see if I could find it and we can go through it. Remember when we did the track by track go through of the Fantastic Beasts Christmas album? I sure do. We should maybe maybe we got to do that with the the Hunger Games film yeah, album. Yeah. Yeah. Uh okay. Well, uh that was that was my music update. Do you have any music updates for us? How's how's Strings Club going? It's going great. Um, we're playing. I told you that we're playing the Masterpiece Theater song. Um, yes. And uh, we uh, can play it uh, together and end at the same on the same beat. So that's sort of, hey, sort of where we're at on that one. Let's go. Awesome. Yeah. 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 That ain't bad. That's 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 a start. Uh, how long until this recital that you're prepping for? Oh, my gosh. I think three weeks or something. Well, if you're stopping and starting at the right time, I feel like if you got three weeks to to polish the rest, that sounds that sounds doable. That's what I'm telling myself. Any other any other choice cuts? Any other tracks that you're excited to be playing? Mm, I well, <laughs> I don't want I don't want to be mean, but we were com- <laughs> putting together our program, and mm-hmm. like, there's some stuff on there. Like, there's like air by handle, but not that one. Um, oh, there's okay. yeah, you know yeah. Brandenburg Concerto. Um, there's the Masterpiece Theater song. And then, like, intermixed with those, there's, like, what I would describe as, like, junior high repertoire, which mm-hmm. is songs that are written to teach you something. Oh, and I, sure. And I, it's like, this this one is teaching you about, um, like, having to come in, like, at the right time. So there's a bunch of, like, <laughs> long rests, and it's, like, a round or whatever. And then there's this one that I just fucking hate. Like, I really, really hate it. And I swear it's they're only there to teach you, like, how to do, like, codas and, like, jump around in the piece a bunch of times. And it mm. was almost it was almost not on the program. We almost didn't have it. And then last time I went on Wednesday, they were like, wait a second, where's Poco Poca? Oh, and I no. was like, no, no, please, <laughs> no. 
Poco but other Poco? than that, it's going good. Yeah, it's Poco, just like Poco, the violin. I want to. I want to hear this. It's so bad. Uh, I can't even find it. Poco Poco. Yeah, because it's just like a like te- teach you how to do codas song. <laughs> Oh dear! Well, so okay, you should you you should try and push for one of one of the ones you want to do on there. See if you can get one more. What, what like a yeah? I'd get Brandenburg Concerto on there. We're not even oh, that's playing true. that. Wait, you're not doing Brandenburg? No. Fuck. <laughs> I know. That's so fucked up. That's that. I know. Ugh. It's sad. Damn. Damn. That's fucked. Doing anything else fun like. How's the Neopets adventure going? Oh, I was hoping you would ask me that because I am deep in it. I am doing my Grundo's Cafe dailies. I am playing Escape from Murdell Castle every single day, um, <laughs> yeah. which is like one of the Flash games that has been converted into an HTML5 game on Grundo's Cafe, which I think might be the only place that you can play it in the like closed beta private ne- neopets mm-hmm. like server because it's just dead on regular neopets because they didn't convert all their flash games um and uh i got a trophy for it recently Ooh. is that one you can like display on your page uh-huh yeah hell and, yeah and i it was sort of funny because um the game itself is like really 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 hard and it's like hard in like a stupid way where like the hitboxes are really bad. It's like a vertical platformer um, where you play like a little dragon and he like flies up and you've got a sword and you hit enemies with it. But it it feels a little bit like, um, uh, you know, like I, like I want to be the guy and like I want to be the boshi in those type mm-hmm. games where they, they like are made to have like super punishing precise hitboxes. Yeah, yeah. It's like that, but not on purpose. <laughs> So, like, navigating the spikes and stuff is just, like, complete bullshit. And just, like, you clip them a tiny bit and you're just dead. Um, So I really wanted a trophy for that. There's 20 levels. I can get to about level 12. um, But the way that Neopets works is that all the scores reset once a month. Oh. And they hand out trophies every day at 12.05 (laughs) a.m. So I got I got I got in with yeah. my highest score ever on October first. I was second place. By the end of the day at twelve oh five a.m., I was like bronze trophy. So I just like squeaked. Oh, I squeaked in a trophy though. Like okay, when you I did, you did get one, but just I got there, one. There was too much time decay for it to. Yeah, but but like seriously, like I had like eight hundred points or something like that, and the first place person right now has like four thousand points. So I'm just lucky to have a trophy at all. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> I I vaguely remember the escape from Meridale Castle thing. You you describing it as like the really tight hitbox stuff on accident. It it is that the one. There are so many flash platformers, but for some reason that one is like really strong in my memory of like, that was the thing that made me understand what people were talking about when they talked about like physics in games where, Mm. where it's like those games have like zero momentum. You just like start and stop and like jump immediately. Is is it like that? Like, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, because like the one I always had a hard time playing as a kid, 
I, I like like when I had a, a, just like a Game Boy, like a regular ass Game Boy. I loved Mario Land Two, but whenever I tried to play Mario Land One, I was just like, this doesn't feel good, and I couldn't like describe why. Uh, because it has a very similar thing of just like you start and stop a lot, like more instantaneously than you would in another Mario game. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that like Mario is like I don't know. I don't remember where I heard this or who said it or if it's even true. But was one of the <laughs> the like earlier games that like realized that it shouldn't be precise, right? Like, that's why it's so fun and accessible is that, like, the wiggle room in Mario games is enormous, right? Like, when you approach the edge of a platform, you just, like, kind of can stand on nothing for a really, like, yeah. long ways, sort of. Um, yeah. In a time where platformers were, like, all really precise and miserable to play, it was like a breath of fresh air, right? Yeah, yeah, that, that sounds right. Because, like, the the degree to which you can like run and sprint up to a ledge and like feel like you're like, Oh, I'm jumping at just the right time or whatever. And it's like, you were like, you were kind of a ways over the platform, I think actually, but it sure feels good. It feels right. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Yeah. And I just, I just remember those, those Neopets flash games just being like, well, you are the hitbox, And when you're not, moving you stop and just 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 them feeling so brutally punishing because i was just like i'm bad at this i can't i can't do the inputs right and i just never did yeah yeah it's hard um i spent like a a couple weeks trying to get past level three on on escape from myrtle castle but then i like had a breakthrough and now i can get to level 12 hell yeah yeah pretty good you very graciously sent me an invite code to Grundo's Cafe That's a while right. back. Mm-hmm. And when you sign up for that, they like send you like an interview to get in. Yep. Uh-oh. And I did my interview like the day that you sent me that. Uh-huh. I, maybe it's gone to spam, but I've not heard back, which I oh, no. I, I <laughs> no. guess I I don't know what I could have possibly said that made me not seem like Neopets material. I was very you know, I was like, yeah, I haven't played Neopets in a long time. I want to this, this seems like a great community. I was I was so I was so nice. I don't know. Maybe they think did, you, I'm a faker. did you give them your Twitter account? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> OK, I, it sounded like a joke, but uh, oftentimes they won't uh, add you if they can't find you on socials. Oh, so okay, I don't know. Okay. Maybe they maybe they. Uh... <laughs> I was <laughs> I was like, oh, did I post something that they saw that was like, hmm, <laughs> this person sure tweets about stupid shit all the time. We don't need them. <laughs> we don't need another person on this platform tweeting about like soda they're buying. No, they need it. I would I would send that I would send them an email. Say, hey, what's up with this? They do not need anyone drawing black lagoon characters with big boobies on the platform they're like this is not this is not you can't do this come on Mm. no i i'll I'll double check my spam too but i was i was like so excited to get in and then i just like never heard anything and then i forgot about it until recently when you mentioned it Mm -hmm. i gotta get me in there i want to play some flash games i want to play the i want to play the um the demolition derby game 
I don't know which one that is. I didn't play very many. I feel like for me, the Flash games were always like a means to an end to me. Like I don't like the games very much. I <laughs> just, just wanted the, the Neo points. Yeah. You got to wheel and deal. They, they, you got to gotta claw your way to the top of the market. Yeah. That's, that's right. Oh, boy. I could keep talking about Neopets for ages, but I, we have three chapters to talk about this week. So we sure we do get into it. Yeah, let's do it. Um, we read chapters seven, eight, and nine. Um, looking at my summer or er, seven, eight. I wrote seven, eight, ten on my <laughs> notes, so I got really confused at what I did here. Um, but I think I read the right chapters, so we'll just start with chapter seven. Um, Katniss goes on a hike through the woods, uh, knowing that Gale will follow her. She reaches her destination, which is a still a still standing concrete house among ruins of an old village. Gale shows up. He even has a turkey that he has killed on the way, um, uh, which may come up later. Um, he's upset that Katniss is engaged to Peta, but then she explains everything that has happened to him about President Snow's threats and how she has failed to do what he asked, and now all of their lives are in danger. Um, so Katniss uh, tells. It tells Gale her plan. Uh, they're all going to run away together. She was expecting some like pushback from him, but Gale is so happy. He spins her around um, and is like, yes, I'll go. Uh, but unfortunately, he has maybe misread the moment a little bit uh, and tells her that he loves her. She replies, I know. Awkward. Uh, Gale gets even... Gale gets a little cold and distant um, when he realizes that Katniss means to bring Peta and Hamish along as well um, and starts poking holes in her plan. Uh, Katniss, uh, as they're like sort of start arguing a little bit, uh, lets slip that she saw an uprising happening in District 8 on the TV. And Gale does a complete 180, declaring that he has to stay now because he's going to join the uprising. And then he leaves the house. Katniss leaves the woods and then finds Peta next, deciding her next step will be convincing him to run away. As they take a walk, uh, they take a walk into the village together. Peta surprises Katniss by saying that of course he'd run away with her, but she isn't. She will not go. He then asks if Gale is invited. The tension is cut off by something happening as they approach the village. Peta tries to deter Katniss from seeing it, but she pushes past him and a, and a crowd. Um, Gale has been apprehended by a peacekeeper and is being whipped in the town square by a new head peacekeeper. Uh, chapter 8, Katniss runs up to save Gale, standing in, standing in between her and the peacekeeper and gets a whip to the face. She gets a look at this new cop. He is super evil looking. He goes to whip her again when Hamish intervenes, telling the new cop that she's the Hunger Games champion and she has an interview coming up. It turns out that Gale is being punished for illegal hunting. Um, someone in the crowd points out that for a first offense, he has already carried out the required number of lashings. Um, and so the cop lets Gale go um, and Gale is rushed to Katniss's mom for healing. He's in pretty bad shape. Uh, on the way to Katniss's house, she gets the full story. Gale was on his way to trade the, away the wild turkey, but instead he ran into the new head peacekeeper. Um, he wanted to have him executed, but Gale lied and said that he caught the turkey while it was on their side of the fence. At one point during the punishment, the good cop we met earlier tried to intervene, but the new head peacekeeper, whose name is Romulus Thread, uh, just hit him in the head and knocked him out. Um, I think it was the cop that we like met earlier, Darius, Darius. Um, 
they get Gale to Katniss's mom and she starts to heal him. Gale or Katniss gets super upset that they don't have painkillers for him. So she screams and cusses her out her mom until she is removed from the room. Um, there's suddenly a knock at the door to the house. It's Madge. She brought over some painkillers. Um, so Gail gets to have some, uh, but in that moment, Katniss starts to get a little jealous that maybe Madge and Gail have like a thing going on. Um, Gail almost dying makes Katniss realize something. Maybe her choice with the berries was an act of rebellion, just a subconscious one. This whole thing has made her realize that she can't run away. Gail is right about everything, and she is going to stay here with him and join a rebellion. She kisses him. Uh, chapter 10. Nope, 9. Chapter nine, <laughs> uh, Katniss has fallen asleep beside Gail. Peta wakes her up and looks kind of mopey uh, about how close they were. Uh, Katniss goes to bed and has a dream about Clove cutting her face and then turning into a werewolf. Um, there's a blizzard outside that Katniss is pretty grateful for, thinking that it's probably keeping the peacekeepers away for now. Katniss has a big think about how hard being in a rebellion is going to be, um, but it'll probably be worth it because the way that they live also sucks a lot. Um, when she sees Gail and her, uh, when she sees Gail and her mom, uh, her mom is applying snow with herbs to his wounds. She apologizes for cussing her mom out. Then she does another big think about how she kissed Gail when her emotions were running high and what that could possibly mean. Um, once the blizzard has subsided, Katniss tracks down Peta and Hamish and takes them for a walk. Katniss tells them she wants to start an uprising and Hamish laughs at her and tells her it won't work. As they go into the village, Katniss sees the extent of the reign of terror that the new peacekeepers have inflicted on District 12. There are gallows set up in the town square, snipers' nests all around, etc. Um, the hob has been burned down. Everyone is scared in their houses. The mines have been shut down. Everyone is starving. Days pass. Um, everyone is avoiding Katniss when she walks into town. Katniss has basically lost all hope for her rebellion and uprising. Um, but she decides to be super careful and go into the woods maybe one last time to clear her head um, after President Snow sends her some wedding dresses to try on. She doesn't really understand where his head's at or what his plan could possibly be. Um, as she makes the trek through the snow up to the house in the ruins, she is too distracted and in her own head to notice that there is a fire uh, going in the house, like in a, um, in a fireplace. Um, a person has snuck up on her, so Katniss turns to shoot. It's someone in a white peacekeeper uniform, but the peacekeeper drops her weapon telling Katniss not to shoot and holds up a piece of flatbread that has a Mockingjay stamped in the center. That's the end of our chapters. Things are moving. Mis mysteries, intrigue, romance. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to go in, in order? Or do you want to kind of take this piece by piece here? Because it's sort of a lot going on in this, in this like one long vignette about being back in the district. I think we can probably just jump around and take it piece by piece, right? Yeah, yeah, because there's a, there's a lot of like interlocking stuff in in mm -hmm. this one. I think uh, number one with a bullet. <laughs> I was about to, I was about to say like number one with a bullet. Most important thing is the is the the revolution storyline. But actually, I think what I want to talk about first is the romance stuff and the character development here. What do you what do you think of of Gail and Peta and all all that stuff here? Gail's so swaggy. Yeah. Yeah, he's pretty cool. I and he's kind I, of he's kind of silly too. Um but he's cool. He's he's cool. I will say and and I and I appreciate this. I think this is the worst he lo he's looked in this book so far. 
um not in like a like a bad for the story way but just like he uh he seems a lot more flighty here than he has previously i think mm-hmm. um think that that makes a lot of sense i i, I i'm curious whether that's gonna like bear out to like be part of his character moving forward but i i just found it so interesting how he sort of waffles back and forth through several extremes kind of on a whim as katniss <laughs> is describing her plan which to be fair she is also pretty wishy-washy about i and, and I, I found that i thought that was a really fun dynamic between the two of them there yeah it's funny to have a character like gail who is like um, clearly, like, um, very, he's very political, right? Mm-hmm. He, he, he talks, talks the talk. He has, like, what I think we're supposed to believe are, like, pretty strongly held beliefs about, uh, the world and the way things are and the way things should be, um, and all of that. But he's not, like, doing anything. Like, it's not right. his, like... <laughs> it's not like his profession or it's like something that he's doing um, covertly on his own, but he's like also just like willing to drop everything and join a violent rebellion if it is occurring. If it is occurring, but but I, I'm also like very curious if he has any specific like plan or idea, because the thing that, that's so interesting about about this scene i think is that that even though he he sort of like passionately agrees to do katniss's plan before he hears the full extent of it and then sort of declares oh i'm gonna go join i'm gonna go start an armed uprising thanks for the info immediately after is that like he is so willing to do or he he's so he's so excited to hear about a thing that he wants to happen but he he sort of just like jumps into it without like making any sort of like uh any sort of plan and or or like 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 deciding what it is exactly he's going to contribute he's just like oh this is happening i'm going i'm part of it you know i'm 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 doing that <laughs> yeah and and like it's 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 not like a negative quality like it's he's very admirable i think he's very charming i think it's very cool that he is like you know that he does hear that there is a that there is an armed rebellion in district 8 and he's like fuck yes okay uh that means i can i can get that going here too but like he he is clearly not a like He's not a strategist. We sort of have like the degrees of 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 uh, of like rebellion planners here, like from just like purely emotional to like like Hamish at the end, like like just being Hamish has like a purely tactical mind, and his, and his tactic is stay alive, right, and like mm-hmm. keep your head down, and he's really good at that. Um, and you know he's a very smart thinker, clearly, and and and. Gale has all the energy and sort of nowhere to put it. And I, I thought that was fun kind of seeing how everyone reacts to this information or the suggestion that they could do something crazy. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and Katniss being sort of the anchor for this whole thing and having a different plan every five minutes, depending on who the last person she talked to, who told her that her idea was stupid was. She's so funny. 
I love her in this. Kat- Katniss is at her best when she's at her worst in these. <laughs> like, like when when she has no real plan, no like no critical thought, and and sort of interprets every criticism of her plan as an attack. I just she's so fun to read in sequences like this. I think her my funniest moment with her. Um, and I mentioned it in my summary, but it was it was during one of these like moments of change where she changes her plan. And it's when she decides that she's actually going to start an uprising and be in love with Gail. Um, mm-hmm. And she she thinks to her, she says like pretty explicitly in her own head, she's like, maybe I was unconsciously rebelling when I offered those berries and the districts are right about my motivations. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Katniss, no, you weren't like, what? <laughs> she, it's, like, it's a really, yeah, it's a really cute piece of character development. I think, cause I, it reminds me of when she got really excited about how well the opening ceremony went. Right. It is kind of the same as that, isn't it? Yeah. If like she, and, 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 and I think that this is really, some of her best like character portrayal that makes that reminds you like how young she is. She's like what 16, 17. Mm-hmm. Any piece of praise that she gets becomes her whole world for the next 20 minutes. Yeah. And any criticism she gets motivates her to change her entire personality and outlook on life over the next 20 minutes. Like and they did she you know she just does feel very very teenage here. Mm-hmm. It's so refreshing to see her being like a- a- acting like kind of a like a stupid teenager uh, yeah. for good reason, right? Like it's 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 fun. I, I I like that Gale is similarly. I think uh, even though I think he's a lot more confident and a lot more um, convicted, is that he sort of has like the same impulses. This thing. With the gloves in their conversation, I loved. <laughs> the gloves. Katniss brings him some gloves that Cinna made and gives him the gloves and he takes them and then he goes, wait a minute, oh, these are your fiancé's gloves, I don't want these, and he sort of gives them back. And she's like, no, uh, and also he's not my fiancé, and he takes the gloves back. <laughs> And then, after Katniss is like, no, I'm not going to be your, like, cottagecore trad wife out out in the woods, (laughs) he's like, oh, well, I don't want anything that the Capitol made, and sort of, like, throws the gloves back spitefully. He's just... Gale seems a little preoccupied with, like, the aesthetics of being a revolutionary at the moment, maybe? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And just just him deciding, like, oh, actually, this was this was unethically made in the Capitol. I don't want this. Actually, is such a funny excuse for him to make about him throwing away a gift from the girl he has a crush on that doesn't like him back. Just very, <laughs> I like I like this this bit a lot. Uh, it's new territory for him because he's just been so fucking cool and collected up until now. But it's fun to see him. Br- the, the the illusion break a little bit here. Yeah, he loves her though. He does. It's it's yeah, like neither of them it's it's a great scene in that like I come away from it really empathizing with both of them. Yeah. 
Like, like uh, part of the problem, I think, with some of the more boring PETA scenes we've had is that, like, PETA just sort of throws tantrums. Mm-hmm. And, like, sort of irrational ones. And, like, that can be fine for any, you know, any character work. But, like, for, for him as a member of a love triangle, it makes him a, a little less, like, compelling, I think. Mm-hmm. But here, this is two characters who are both both being very sweet and also very stupid, um, sort of bouncing off each other because they have slightly different goals. This is a much better, like, romantic will-they-won't-they conflict than anything that PETA and Katniss have had in this book so far, maybe. Mm. Uh, although PETA kind of, PETA kind of, like... Peter's all right in this chapter. He's in he's he's in better better guy mode this time. So I don't know. Yeah, I think Peter he gets some boyfriend points for me, not like from any like specific thing that he does, but he's just like kind of like nice and respectful and like a good guy. Um it seems like, but then my one point against him is I I hate it when <laughs> when he's like uh when Katniss is like we're going to run away into the woods and he's like I'll go with you, but you won't go. And I'm like, I hate I hate it when he's just like, I know better what you will do than you do. Yeah, that was a little odd. And I I also there's a really funny part that I appreciated as a reader, but I think is very funny in dialogue, where Katniss like tells him her like third new decision about not running away. Or she's, like, going to, and and he just sort of, like, wisely smiles, and he's like, you don't have to explain anything. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I know that's, like, meant to be like, oh, he, you know, he always knew that she would do the right thing, but it just comes off as so condescending, like, oh, you've, 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 you've finished having your little moment, have you? Okay. I'm just like, oh, come on, PETA. Yeah, yeah, he... Yeah, he does end up with those moments a lot, though. Like, I think that that's where the character, like, really loses me. Mm-hmm. Um, they're so small, but, like, they're, he does... It, the, I mean, we talked about this a little bit in the first book, is he does get the, like, paternalistic moments for some reason. He he went into that interview, that one-on-one, like, planning session with Haymitch in the first book, mm-hmm. and he just came out acting like Sean Connery Bond. <laughs> But the thing is, is that he is not Connery Bond. So, like, it's just like, it's, you, you can't even be like, ooh, this is like problematically hot. It's just like, no, he's just annoying. He's just being an right. annoying guy. Right. Uh, but overall, I think he, you know, he's, th- I think the thing that makes PETA like fun to read as a character here is that for as, as, annoying as those moments can be when it feels like they're supposed to be like romantic when they really don't feel that way is that he is reliable and he is like, he's there to help. Right. And you can tell that like, he's not as revolutionary as, as Gail is, but he's like, he's there, he's putting in the work. He's like, you know, checking in on his, on his friends and stuff. It's like, that's cool. You can rely on him at least to do this stuff. Right. I, I I thought that this all this character work was like really really juicy, it, like because I I feel like there's a really clever thing in here with how Katniss wobbles between all of these different plans like oh I'm gonna go into the woods with just Gale oh I'm gonna go into the woods with my whole family and Hamish and Peta and everyone oh I'm gonna start an uprising oh I'm just gonna keep my like she's just like waffling between all of these plans, and I think that in a more boring story 
this would feel like like whenever we talked about Harry Potter um, doing Mass Effect side quests where he had to go and talk to everyone to figure out what he was going to do, right? Uh-huh. It is kind of structurally a very similar series of chapters where our protagonist doesn't really know what they're going to do and they sort of have to like feel out what what the rest of the cast you know is 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 up for but i think it's really fun having her think that she knows what she's going to do it's just that that what that is changes every few pages yeah and it the romance like so perfectly mirrors the way she feels about her like revolution or running away plan because it mm-hmm. also feels like she's sort of in love with whoever she's talking to <laughs> It's it's really you you were saying when we were chatting about the, these chapters that like this should just be a thruple. Yes. I feel like when you have a love triangle, you have to like put the like two of the characters at odds, right? Mm-hmm. If you're Twilight, you know, they're vampires, it's a vampire and a werewolf and they have yeah. an a- ancient rivalry, right? You have to um, pick one. You have to pick one of them. And this one, I'm like, Katniss loves Gale. Gale loves Katniss. Katniss loves Peta. Peta Peta loves Katniss. And I just don't see why those (laughs) things are in conflict with each other. At the very least, I feel like if she if she's going to like continue getting on these wild tears about like, uh, uh, here's here's how I'm going to save the world in 20 minutes type things is that she should at least be like, I'm going to get Gail. I'm going to ask Gail and Peta about this and see what they think. Like, even if their reaction is, no, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm like, yeah, there's no blood feud here. There's no cosmic forces preventing this from happening. I can't think of another love triangle that I, like, feel this way about, so I'm trying to, like, pinpoint what it is where I'm just like, this just doesn't seem like it's in conflict. I like Katniss with Peeta. I like Katniss with Gale. It just all seems nice to me. Normally, I think with the love triangle, it, like, the fun part for me at least is that it is an impossible choice. And it like, even if you get a happy ending, you're going to have like a scoop of tragedy with it. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, everyone can't walk out of, out of the, the, the ring with what they want. And I like that it's, you know, it's a tried and true writing trick for a reason i think because it is yeah it's free it's just free drama free conflict but usually there is something more than just like well everyone here sort of likes each other fine and also they live in a world where like life is really cheap and they could all die tomorrow right (laughs) no one seems particularly like religious in this world it's just like not i'm not even saying like well you know in my head canon is that all the characters are polyamorous but i'm just like if anything, it sort of reveals a a funny blind spot of of the world building that is not covered. Yeah, I mean, like it, all through this, there's like this like sprinkled little drama sprinkles of like jealousy happening, right? Like Gail is like, "Oh, are you bringing Peta?" And Peta's like, "Oh, are you bringing Gail?" And then Katniss is like, "Oh, are Gail and Madge uh, friends now?" And they yeah. feel like kind of inserted, um, and it makes me think of like. What, didn't it? Didn't um, Suzanne Collins say that like they asked her to like punch up the, the love triangle bit? 
Oh, uh... I swear I heard that somewhere. Like, it was, like, it was always going to be in there, but it was supposed to be, like, more emphasized. Let me, yeah, let me look this up. Is it true that Suzanne Collins was forced to add a love triangle in The Hunger Games? What are Susan Collins' strengths and weaknesses as a writer? How do you help her as an editor? Okay, this is an interview with her editor, Kate Egan. Storytelling is Suzanne's strength. As an editor, I helped her develop the characters. For example, I asked her for more of the Peta Katniss Gale love triangle. She was more focused on the war story. We've learned to trust each other. Sometimes Suzanne thinks it's obvious where she's going, but I tell her I don't see it. Oh my god. Wow. <laughs> That's very candid yeah, from an is. editor. Uh when I need help following, it's a sign the manuscript needs some shoring up. Huh. So it, it sounds like maybe not forced, but definitely told, not told to her... punch it up a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, an outside suggestion for sure. Interesting. Which could mean anything, right? That's the editor's job. Um, yeah, totally. But, but it is what, like, it is what I thought of at those jealousy moments where I'm just like, they feel so out of place. Sort yeah, of. Yeah. Because um, it doesn't seem, just doesn't seem like the issue at hand. <laughs> right. I, 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 I don't know. I don't know how else to put it. They just feel odd. And like Gail being jealous of PETA, I'm not saying that like you have to be more, like he has to be like super mature about everything. But I'm like, man, they were like in the Hunger Games. Yeah. Like, come on. I, I think, too, there's sort of a funny element of, like, a big part of Katniss's character development in both books so far has been her sort of, like, to the reader, constantly talking about how she sort of, like, doesn't care about traditional relationships and wouldn't dream of having a kid. And, like, if it, it, I think this is one of those problems that could be solved by, like, one sentence, even, where it's, like, if she thought to herself in these like jealousy moments like uh like if only i could ask if only if only this was how relationships worked but they don't because i live in this world where this is how they work she's clearly thinking about what society expects out of like a, a relationship and and for her to not reflect on like how that may be making her feel in this love triangle thing that seems to basically only be motivated by like the ghost of how we all sort of assume relationships work in the real right. world. It's just like, it's just like, I need a little more than that. Maybe. I think another kind of wrinkle in all of this is that Katniss isn't going like, Oh, I love both of them so much. How do I choose? It's much more that she just wants things to stay as they are, mm -hmm. which is also fine. Yeah. Find a fine thing to want. Right. Totally. Yeah. It, that also makes her feel very teen to me. Like she's, I don't know. She doesn't know what to what to feel. Yeah, doesn't know what to feel and maybe gets a little gun shy. And like, do you do you get the feeling that like she has all of these like big thoughts in her head about like what she wants out of a relationship with either of these guys, but if either of them asked her, she would do the like why ruin a good thing? We're friends. Right? <laughs> right. Like that would right. that would probably be her answer, right? Cuz it's like she constantly goes through, like, grand plans in her head for big things she could do, but when push comes to shove, she seems to generally pick the thing that, like, keeps her out of the way or keeps her, or kind of kicks the can down the road decision-wise, right? Mm-hmm. 
I, I find all that stuff fascinating. I think there is like really, really great character work between all three of them here, but I, I do agree with you that it's like, um, there's there's nothing preventing this like just just i i i think the reason i've been thinking about this so much is is when you said that to me i realized that i think the very first time i ever saw that like template meme of like you know uh x character has two hands right (laughs) and i'm like i think the very first time i saw that was on tumblr in like 2013 and it was about hunger games i was like i don't know what that's about sound like whatever and then scrolled on but like it's so true. Yeah, there's really not much like yeah, there's no ancient ancient blood feud between vampires and werewolves. They're not Montagues and Capulets. It's yeah. I don't know. She should at least ask, even if it even if it goes badly, right? Like She loves them. Yeah. She's she there's not there's no like massive negative points against either of them other than just like I think Pete is kind of annoying. But he's not like you know, he's not like a ooh, I hope it's not him. It's just like eh. He's sort of boring. Right, exactly. Oh, by the way, uh, I felt so vindicated, uh, even though Ka- uh, Katniss's uh, first reaction is like, oh, it must be because she likes Gale, and I'm going to be jealous about that. Madge, the Madge Katniss uh-huh. stuff here. Am I crazy? Am I crazy? No, that- no. <laughs> Mad- She's hanging out with Madge all the time. Um, Madge, like... We get we get a little expansion on like what what the deal with the Mockingjay pin was, mm-hmm. um, and how important it was to her family and what a like precious family heirloom it is that she just gave to her friend was, and then her running over, risking getting caught and and like tortured by the police to bring Katniss something to help her friend. I'm just like. Katniss, I don't know. Maybe maybe Madge needs to get in here. Maybe this is a quad. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it just seems very, very much like these characters all love each other a lot more than they're letting on, or or mm-hmm. Katniss is noticing, perhaps. Um, that's a good spot to be with characters that I'm just like, yeah. oh, they all love each other, and you just want to like <laughs> make them. <laughs> All hang out. Yeah, you just want what's best for them, which yeah, I think is a ultimately it's like yeah, I do really feel for these characters in this in this really uh nasty predicament they're in and I wanna see I wanna see them get out of it. Um I did bring up the mocking jay thing there and I, I do want to touch on the uh mutant bird lore we got in this chapter. We did. We get another explanation of the mutation bird situation. We we get we get a long a long explanation that we previously got in the first book, but this time it's uh, in service of like the most tortured metaphor in the book so far. I think mm. the mockingbird mated with the jabberjay, and then the it, they thought it was going to go extinct, but the ca- but the capital hadn't anticipated its will to live. Uh, and then they took, they take the songs of other birds and they transform into something new. And I was just like, thank you, Katniss. I get it. Beautiful. <laughs> it's like the dandelion thing all over again. Kat- Katniss, Katniss has a way with kind of clunker metaphors. I thought it was funny to see that come back. Yes. I guess the next big thing is uh, new boss in town. Uh, yes. 
Yeah, new new boss in town, and 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 Gale gets caught. So, for what what do you what do you think of 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 District Twelve as this new police state? Uh, it's like when it's like when the li- the hyenas took over Pride Rock. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everything is gray now. There's no there's no food. There's no water. It's terrible. Uh, they burn I can't down the rest of the line. The I think my favorite one because like this all happens like basically overnight. Um, but my favorite uh, uh, detail was that not only are there new, more evil cops than the old cops here, and you can't go to the black market anymore, and they've got they've got uh, uh, torture racks in the in the town square. It's that the capital ruined Christmas. They did. (laughs) Parcel Day sucked ass because of all this, and I thought that was very funny. I was just like, "Oh, oh my god!" Even 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 Christmas, even even Presents Day was 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 not safe from the from the evil corrupting touch of the of the capital. That's so sad. Yeah, this stuff is a little. I think this is less successful than the other half of this chapter. Maybe it's pretty silly. It really undermines itself, and it similar, I think, to the uh, the other stuff we were talking about. I just can't stop thinking about Cole School here, mm-hmm. and the you know the worst thing Susan Collins can imagine in the world for America is for everything to be like this, but there's still public school. I really am rolling my eyes at like, oh, the meet you know, meet the new cops who are bad than the old <laughs> cops who, by the way, speaking of like undercutting itself, so we get all this stuff. So there's a new head peacekeeper, and he's like this big evil guy, and he's and he's set up all the you know, he's put the rack and and uh, and stocks in the town square, and he's personally lashing Gale for bringing this turkey in and you know the other cops are like looking on and and Katniss notes that they like look super uh, uh you know queasy and conflicted and like ooh you know this is this you know this is a step too far and i was like okay well that's really corny but whatever but then we learned that the old boss was also like insanely evil and was forcibly sex trafficking the young women of the district yes it it, it 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 devotes a lot of time to to telling us that like oh those because it was there was the friendly cop that she met in like the early chapters of this book, mm-hmm. Darius. Yeah, and like you know he's looking on, looking for Lorne. Doesn't he intervene and he gets bonked on the head? Yes, yeah. But we he find would... out like later that he yeah. got. Or, <laughs> doesn't she walk up and like see him on the ground and he has like a comedy like lump on his head? Yes, yeah. Am I he... making that up? <laughs> no, you're completely right. Yeah, he has like a lump sticking out of his hair. He's got he's got like Tweety Birds <laughs> rolling around his head. He's got the Metal Gear like the sleepy symbol above his head. He's yeah, he's he's conked out. And there's this giant evil guy uh, who has, like, solid black eyes. What? You were, like, what's his deal? What's his deal? Is he a mutation? I, I want to know. As soon as you start, like, describing someone's eyes as, like, com- like, <laughs> like completely black, I'm like, are you being figurative because he's, like, an evil guy? Or is this, like, the werewolves with the human eyes? <laughs> 
Right. Especially because we also get a dream sequence in this where Katniss, like, dreams about someone turning into a werewolf. Yes. And so, like, the imagery is, like, front and center right next to this this scene where we get this, like, impossibly huge man with, with like, totally black eyes. And I'm like, is that just, like, colorful description? Or is he literally, like, walking around looking like a zombie? I, like, I was just like, hmm. I, I, I don't know how to interpret him. Also, he has the mm-hmm. funniest name in the world. Romulus Thread. Romulus Thread. What could it possibly mean? <laughs> <laughs> more, more, more fateful names in the in the Hunger Games universe. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I just think this stuff is really lame. I I really honestly liked how like like for as much as I said that like District Twelve felt sort of under described in the first novel. I did really appreciate the sort of, um, like, calm detente it described of its police state, where it's like, yes, we live in a nightmare police state, but, like, we've we've sort of reached a, like, uneasy understanding with the peacekeepers. Life is quiet enough that, like, people probably know that I'm going out to hunt, but nobody says anything because I bring them food and they buy it. And it's, you know, we have a mutually beneficial agreement here. Mm -hmm. And I think it would have been so much more illustrative and powerful if it's like all of those people had turned on Katniss and Gale and, and everyone in the district rather than them being cool, even though their boss was like insanely evil also and being sort of shuffled off to the side for, like, new faceless cops. And it's like, ugh, you've just, you had such a good thing going there with, like, oh, you know, I, you know, I figured out a way to navigate uh, this complicated world we live in. Oops, the balance of power has shifted one, you know, one ounce, and now the cops are beating me. It's like, that would be way more, I think, powerful coming from the same characters rather than the faceless new guys. Definitely. Um, did you like that the super evil um, evil cops still can't break the rules? Yeah. Yeah, what the fuck was with that? <laughs> the, the whole thing with the turkey. So if he had been caught in the woods beyond the fence hunting like he did, he would have been executed. But because he lied and said that the turkey wandered inside the fence and he stabbed it with a stick... He only had to get whipped. Yeah. And then someone in the crowd was like, actually, you've already whipped him enough. And the cop was like, okay, I can't break the rules. He can be reasoned with. You can rules lawyer him. And it's like, what? The whole reason we're here is that President Snow is evil and doesn't play by the rules. Like, there's no bargain you can make with these people. This just, it just read like Cole School to me. Like, it's just like, even in the most evil world you can imagine, the cops still have to follow the rules. Yeah, it's they very West Wing. They can't, like, execute you if there's reasonable doubt. Yeah. Washing the previous police state upholders' hands of it is just, I, I think, and and then going to the lengths of, of showing that, like, but the new one, you can still, like, rules, you know, rules lawyer around. It's like, I thought the whole point was that, like, Katniss and everyone was sort of rules lawyering their way around this, and now they can't anymore. And it's, uh, yeah, just kind of 
It's wishy-washy. Yeah. Very curious to know, because the last thing we see in this in this series of chapters, speaking of peacekeepers, is I I presume, I guess, a like good peacekeeper coming to meet Katniss at the end. And I'm just like, hmm. Uh-oh. Hmm, where is this Uh-oh, gonna where go? Where could that go? <laughs> yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe it, it, like I it's one of those things where like I wouldn't I wouldn't be opposed to having like one or two who like learned a little too late and are like, okay, actually fuck this. That's fine. That would be interesting. You could get some good conflict out of that. I wouldn't be opposed to this being a trick and Katniss going like, humdy dumdy dum, sure, I will let the cop into my into my rebellion. That would be fun. But I really hope that she's not going to turn around and see like Darius and all of the good cops from before being like, here we, here we are. (laughs) (laughs) Either it's, it's either I, I will accept it's one. There's one who saw the light or I will accept it's, I don't know. It's someone who like killed a peacekeeper and took their armor or something, but like nothing else. If it's, if she turns around and then she has a free, like, squad of like SWAT guys who are on her side. I'm like, come the fuck on. This is going to be bad. Yeah, absolutely not. We can't do, we can't do all of the ones who were there before are are good. I just don't, I I will not accept that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And oh, there, there's even a note at the end where she says like, oh, all of them have, like, she doesn't recognize any of the, the, the peacekeepers that she's seeing in mm-hmm. town anymore i'm just like oh come on come on it should be the ones you know it would be a better it would be a cooler story if it was characters we knew and they were like right. nope sorry i was actually kind of never on your side uh oh just sort of in internal monologue there is one line that i i did really like um when katniss was sort of weighing oh, it was in that silly bit where she talks about the berries and she's like oh maybe i was rebelling <laughs> I feel like we're on Katniss's like tenth political awakening here, mm-hmm. but I did like her finally sort of piecing together that she's been so focused on protecting Prim and so focused on like getting revenge for Rue that she doesn't she hasn't really noticed that the capital has already been hurting her and her family, right. And a little more natural than some of her conclusions in the early early chapters of the first book, maybe, where she just sort of, like, knew it was bad already. Yeah, totally. She's she's mm-hmm. getting there. Yeah, I mean, the rebellion will never work, but she's getting there. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about the, like, proposed rebellion and, like, because the, 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 the third thing she decides before giving up entirely uh, and heading into the woods to think is that she calls PETA on the phone, first of all, very stupid idea, and says, let's meet Hamish and talk, because I have something to talk about. And then they go and talk to Hamish, and Hamish, and they're like, we want to start an uprising. And Hamish is just like, okay, uh, that's funny. <laughs> Hamish, I imagine, just from what I, I, I've gotten from his character, Hamish believes that that would be like a good thing to happen, but mm-hmm. he... He's the only one who understands what's being said there mm-hmm. and how how much that is going to upend everyone's lives, right? Like, he, 
and he's like he's like coming down on like the more cynical end of that it's like so and so his his answer is clearly like so don't you know so why bother but like he i do think it's fun that he gives these characters sort of a little bit of a reality check here yes uh which i think is crucial for all and, and you know gail also getting the like most brutal reality check of all which is that the cops will find a reason to do what they want to you no matter what right but like hey mitch sort of spelling it out for them here i think is a very helpful scene mm-hmm. do you think he'll come around like what do you what what where where do you see hey mitch landing here great question yeah i think i think he'll come around i think it'll be in the same way that he's like i, I don't know he says something funny where it, it's I, Katniss asks him, like, well, what are you going to do? And he's like, I'm planning your wedding or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And I think that he's just going to be doing whatever is happening. Yeah. Just, just, this is purely reading tea leaves, but just, like, thinking about the the archetype he is. The sort of, like, begrudgingly loving uncle guy, right? Uh, the, the He's he's going to be there no matter what, it feels like. Right. You know, he's going to... He's gonna, call them stupid the entire way but he will do it is sort of my guess my the vibe i'm picking up from him he's he's above it all he's very acerbic but like he's clearly aware of how bad the capital is he's just found a comfortable rhythm of like not rocking the boat right um do you think he's gonna get to pull a han solo where he like leaves but then shows up to like blow up the tie fighter at the end Ooh, that would be my like ideal version of it i think Mm -hmm. um that yeah that's the kind of character i do see him as here maybe is is he will say no he will he will storm off he'll leave at a critical moment but he will have a change of heart and come back when it matters most right that that's sort of the vibe i get from him again totally tea leaves right but like that that's that's the kind of character he feels like to the point where i'm like pretty confident it'll be something like that mm-hmm. um speaking of han solo by the way yeah <laughs> yep there's a line that gets borrowed in this book that's really weird and made me do a double take when I read it. Yep. When Gail and Katniss are are having it out, you know, Gail grabs her and hugs her and he's like, I love you. Uh, and Katniss responds, I know. And I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> it's confusing on two levels because one... That just feels like you can't do that. No, it's ruined. You can't do it. <laughs> because I just feel like, I just like, oh, like that famous line from Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back, one of the most famous movies ever made. That's just, it's just, just seeing, I can't read it any other way than a Star Wars reference, even if it was not intended to be. It's like, get that out of here. I don't want a Star Wars reference in this. But number two is that she means it in the opposite way. Yeah, it made reading it very confusing because I was like, oh, that's a very romantic thing to say, Katniss. And then I'm like, hang on. Yeah. No, it's not. Right. Yeah. She's saying, I know, but uh, or, you know, like, I I know coldly, uh, but I don't just just like there's that line is famous enough. I can only read it the swaggy way that Han Solo says it and having it pop up here. I my so my first my first blush is like oh she's being cool wait no she's not wait can you do that can you reference do a Star Wars reference wait hang on <laughs> is it a Star Wars reference has Susan Collins seen The Empire Strikes Back does she, I'm just it 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 sent me on kind of a whole long 
<laughs> spiral here of like, wait a second, hold on. Yeah, like it's 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 fucked up because it's like it's all normal. Like, I understand how it's supposed to be read, but I literally can't read it that way. I read it as Han Solo, no matter what you do. And maybe that is, like, too bad that it can't be read any other way, but that's just the way it is. Yeah, it, it, like, I, I certainly wouldn't, like, accuse, like I. It, it's just one of those, like, unfortunate things where, like, even if you're not ripping off Star Wars, which I would never, like, accuse her of, of doing, who cares? It's just, like... That is so. That's such a famous line that like people who don't watch Star Wars, it's you know, if you didn't know I am your father, it would be just as funny, right? Like, mm-hmm. even if you are telling a story that has nothing to do with Star Wars and has a mystery resolve where it turns out a guy you didn't think was the guy's dad is his dad, like that's a million stories, but you can't say no, I am your father, and I think that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's just off limits. And I think that this is kind of similar. It's like, okay, I love you, I know, is just a an exchange that you yeah. You <laughs> you can't make a mafia movie and say I'm gonna make him an offer he, I, he he can't refuse. That one's taken. Even if you have nothing to do with the Godfather. It's just like you come on. I think she just said should have said, I know you do. Yes, yeah. I, I know you do uh thank I, you thank you yeah oh god Ooh, that would have been <laughs> yeah what's what are some of the most brutal ways you could shut someone down saying i love you i love you that's great um <laughs> that's nice um oh dear <laughs> wow really Ooh, about that uh <laughs> I don't. <laughs> mm. A lot of ways you could go here to get the sentiment without accidentally quoting Star Wars. Um, I don't know. It, it It's not a big deal, but I, I was definitely like, huh? It, it was the exact same issue I had with um, uh, Katniss saying, when I brought Hazel the game. <laughs> what? <laughs> what do you think of the like long sequence of healing that happened? Oh, I was kind of into it. I mean, I, I was at least into getting some, uh, some like, healing gore again. Yeah, some cool gore. Some <laughs> part where um, they're doing the snow coat yeah. stuff. And then Katniss is like, I don't know what she would do if it was summer. And <laughs> her mom is just like, try to keep the flies away. Yeah, that Katniss was hard as like, fuck. Ew, gross. Yeah, that was awesome. That that I was I was into... I'm always happy to see some, you know, whenever the book lives up to its reputation of being like the nastiest, goriest, most violent YA thing ever. I'm like, yeah, we get some like, there's like a line where she talks about like patching up what the skin that was like still salvageable or whatever. It's like, ah, ooh. yeah, brutal and, and like nasty and also like unglamorous, which I think is the key thing right some like mm-hmm. really horrific real not cool violence um being described in in detail was mm-hmm. for a silly i i still think that the they're the like the replacing all the all the peacekeepers thing is like super cowardly but like seeing some like just like reprehensible 
stark, brutal violence, uh, I, I thought was at least like pretty effective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God. I think the thing I just keep the, my, my last note is just in all caps is stop talking about this on the phone. <laughs> it's, it's like, that's got to come back up. Doesn't Katniss also was like, I doesn't she say something about like not talking about it over the phone, but then she's like, let's meet right now. Yes. Yeah. She's like, I, we can't talk about this on the phone. Let's meet here. Let's give a specific location <laughs> where we're going to meet and what we're going to talk about, but not too many details. She's so smart. Pretty good ending to like the act, I think. What do you think of like the the like overall place the story's at right now? Um, I'm curious as to what will come next. Are we in for a Hunger Games? I just don't know. Yeah. Are we getting because it seemed like last time it was all but assured that we were getting the quell, the quarter quell, right? And that the big twist that the game makers were coming up with was we're putting Katniss back in it, is what it sure seemed like. Mm-hmm. But now we're talking about armed rebellion at the end of Act One here. Um, yeah, time to write about war. Time to write about, oh my God, you're right. It's time to write about war. <laughs> <laughs> We're finally getting there. Um, I really hope it's the latter. I if, if we get the Hunger Games, but instead of like being in the arena, she's like creeping around the district and like sniping peacekeepers Hell or something. Yes, yeah, right. And get some guerrilla warfare in the Hunger Games. That would be all right. Yeah. Um. So that's my hope. Um. Certainly excited to see where it goes, but I. I you mentioning that has brought the fact the the fact back into the back of my mind that this is a Hunger Games novel and they were recently talking about a Hunger Game occurring. So yeah. now I'm worried again. <laughs> we might be going back to the Hunger Games. Oh, if they set up all this cool like pot boiling over urban rebellion stuff but then it turns out that Katniss has to leave and be in the Hunger Games I will be so pissed off <laughs> oh god damn it oh cause you know cause, you, cause the problem is that, that would work totally fine in a book with like more than one POV character but if Katniss is in the Hunger Games that's it right then we're just in the Hunger Games with her. Yeah, it's, just, it's Hatchet again. Hey, we're, we're back to Hatchet. We're back to dodging fireballs and, and hiding in a cave for ten chapters. Yeah, I I hope to God that we're getting we're not getting that, because uh this this is really interesting. I don't want to be wrenched away from the from the ticking time bomb that is uh uh uh, uh, uh District twelve now. No, I'm I'm not going to buy it if she wins the Hunger Games twice. <laughs> right. Yeah. Maybe she finds like a cool way to lose. Maybe she escapes it. That would be something if if. OK, here's here's how I will accept a new Hunger Game Um, is if she gets into the Hunger Game, she, you know, she's forcibly taken there or whatever. And she decides my plan is to uh, find a way out of the arena and get back or something. Yeah, hell yeah. That would be cool. If she's just, like, running a gauntlet to, like, try, you know, if, like, I don't know if, is the is the arena, like, a dome or something? It's probably, is like, she, a force field or some shit. 
Yeah. There was a force field around the training center. Bro, oh, right. Fuck, I forgot about the force field. Okay. Right. I keep I keep forgetting what level of sci-fi we're operating on. Um Maybe it'll be like a reverse heist. Like she'll like make a team and she'll make them think that she's like putting together a team of careers. Like she's the new career Ooh. pack, but they're actually like doing a reverse heist to like break out of the Hunger Games. Yeah. All right. Yeah. She's going to like take them to like, uh, we have to go to like this shield generator or something. Right. And there's like the kid, the kid from the district that, makes shield generators and yes. like in her in her squad or whatever. Oh, oh my god, yeah, she's got a nerdy one. It's like a it's like yep. a World War II movie. You've got like the nerdy mm-hmm. one, you've got the brash one, you've got the heavy weapons guy, you've got Katniss who's got the bow. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds alright. I'd be down for that. Right? Yeah. That's pretty good. Did you watch Andor? No. Th- this th- this District 12 like uh, kind of like simmering rebellion stuff. That's kind of what Andor was. Um, I should watch that. Yeah, it's, it's really good. It's very good, and I think that it's relevant to this just in that it's like another like mass media thing about some about like open rebellion in a cool way that's very interesting and like hmm. tackles it in like a surprisingly nuanced and cool way. I don't know. Like I. Good companion piece to Hunger Games, maybe. Sure. Um, uh, just reading where 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 the story seems to be going now. Um, but yeah, I. God, yeah, World War Two movie in the arena. She's got a squad of like diverse personalities, and like everyone, you know, makes a big sacrifice to help the to help the, the the goal happen and then she breaks out and 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 she's like and now i've got a and now i'm going to find president snow and snipe him or something wait i just made an extraction shooter <laughs> hell yeah though okay that sounds our great first, our first our first one was fortnite now we're now we're playing an extraction shooter we're playing tarkov now yeah yeah. <laughs> All right. That sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> oh. Do you want to open some card packs? Yes. All right. One sec. Let me. I need to. I had to no longer keep the giant box next to me because I was like, these these aren't going away anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Um. Over here, I've got. Big old box of cards. Okay, let's see. Um, we're getting there on the poster. We could we, oh, c- yeah. we could finish the poster. Okay, pack number one. Peta and Katniss. <gasps> Ooh, Clove. Who I think we also got nice. last week, but relevant to this week. Um Kato's equally skilled counterpart. Yep, we yeah, we got that one before. Um, poster card, one we've already gotten. Ooh, we have a new character card. Yay! It's Caesar Flickerman. Uh, okay. <laughs> the charismatic <laughs> and optimistic Hunger Games announcer is known for his signature look and ability to direct interviews. Uh, is this Hugh Grant? What actor is this? I recognize him. They've given him a very funny top knot, kind of. 
Um, then two Katniss Everdeen scene cards. Different Katniss Everdeens. All right, you ready for pack number two? Yep. Pack number two. Uh, we've got a Peter Mellark scene card. Um, okay. Um, this this is once again. Uh, I'm having another moment of like, is that really what the movie looks like? And mm-hmm. I need to send you this picture. Um, because he is just wearing a like esports team jersey. <laughs> that seems to be what the aesthetic they're going for with the Hunger Games outfit here. Am I wrong? Is that not just like a? He's in like Hundred Thieves or something. Hell yes, <laughs> that's an esports jersey right there. He's in an esports jersey. <laughs> Um, okay, we have a The Reaping scene card. That one's new. Um, nice. Uh, we've got uh, another Katniss, another... Oh, wait, no, we have Gale. Ooh, first time I've seen Gale, I think. Whoa. Gale's like, uh, he's got like a Chad jaw. Holy shit. He looks wow. like Chad. He's crazy looking. Awesome. Um, ooh. And another poster card. I think this might be... Is this the one we needed? Bum, bum, bum. That's the middle. That's the top. That's the bottom middle. That's the... Bottom left. Bottom right. Left middle. Right middle. T- fuck, no. We still need one more. One Damn more. It. One Damn more. It. We're so close to, the, to goal number one here. But oh my god, consolation prize, our last card in this pack was a character card, and it's motherfucking President Snow. Ah, finally! We got his ass. Coriolanus Snow is the leader of all of Panem. Though seemingly laid back, this hides... Wait, hold on. Though seemingly laid back, this hides a sadistic and psychopathic mind. He'll stop at nothing to (laughs) maintain control of Panem. I don't know if I would call him laid back. Yeah, what? Laid back. <laughs> Though seemingly laid back, this hides a sadistic and psychopathic mind. He'll stop at nothing to maintain control of Pan M. God, he looks fucking cool, though. Donald Sutherland with a big, like, 1700s guy haircut. Awesome. Uh, Wow, okay, well, that was a pretty good pack. I would call him, like, polite or mild-mannered, like, secretly. Yeah. Or not secretly, but, like, hiding his psychopathic mind or whatever. But I wouldn't call him laid back. He's not, yeah, laid back implies, I, I to me, he'd be like, hey, it's me, I'm the president. Which he's not, you know, he's, he's very formal. <laughs> he's just, mm-hmm. like, charming. Right. Pack number three, let's go and see. Kind of hard to top President Snow, I think. Um, got a Hamish Abernathy scene card. Oh, we have, we have, you know it, you love it. The son of a baker and forced to fight in the Hunger Games of Katniss Everdeen, <laughs> the female District 12 tribute. Peter confesses his love for Katniss before the game, which may or not, may not be strategy. Let's go. Woo. Uh, two Katniss Everdeen scene cards, the reaping once more, and Peter in his esports jersey in pack number three. Uh, 
That's okay. We got President Snow in pack number two. We're pretty good. We're good. Yeah. Yeah. Now we just want Effie. Oh, that's true. Do you want to open another one and see if we get Effie? Yeah, she's in there. Effie time. Come on. Transport ship. <laughs> oh. Um, Gail Hawthorne character card. Uh, Have we had that? No. Katniss's best friend and District 12 hunting partner, Gail, has a strong presence throughout the district and has the ability to re- relate to Katniss on an unprecedented level. Unprecedented? Unprecedented. Perhaps a romantic level, maybe? <laughs> Kato and Glimmer. Uh, Gail Hawthorne scene card. Uh, Hunger Games. Po- oh, we have that one. That's the top middle. Uh, and then a Fox Face scene card. Oh my god, what the fuck? My number one prevailing experience with these cards is just seeing, like, the like the wardrobe and the sets and going, that's what it looks like? That's that's what the movie looks like? I don't it's know. It's a little sporty. It's they did little... go for, like, a sporty look. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, it's... Maybe it'll come together in the actual movie, but I keep seeing stuff, and I'm like, it looks like that? It looks like outside. It looks like outside my house. Like, (laughs) (laughs) that that when we got the the one that had the picture of the cornucopia on it, I was like, no way. That's what the cornucopia is? It's just a box. I don't know. I was was surprised by that. Yeah. Maybe Effie's in this one. Another one. Another one. Hunger Games, uh, poster card, but one we already got, Katniss and Gale, President Snow scene card, Gale Hawthorne scene card, uh, and damn, two more, wow, three poster cards in that one, and they were all ones that we had already. Wow, bummer. bust, total bust on that one. We're going to be able to make so much money selling our complete set of (laughs) poster cards. complete collection. Um, now here's the question. You're opening you're opening Magic the Gathering packs here. Yep. You hit a you hit a bust. Are you done or you do do you do one more? Oh, you do one more because it can't be that bad again, okay. right? It can't be that bad again, that's right. Uh and we have a Rue scene card. Um a, another poster card we already had. Primrose Everdeen scene card, Clove scene card, and then two character cards, Seneca Crane and Marvel, who we definitely already have. Wow. Damn. It could be that bad again, is the answer. It could be, yeah. <laughs> yep, that's that's gambling for you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it turns out <laughs> it's stupid and bad to do. <laughs> but I could do one more. <laughs> I say as I struggle to open the pack. This one, wow, this one's like maybe someone. Uh, what's it called when 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 sellers go through and then reseal the pack? It, it, I don't know. Scoped or something. Katniss uh, Everdeen, the cornucopia. Yeah, that looks like shit. That is so crazy to me. <laughs> uh, Primrose Everdeen character card. Prim is Katniss's younger sister. Prim loves all living creatures and is a good healer like her mother. Chosen at the reaping for the 74th Hunger Games, Katniss volunteers in her place to save her 
And then we have Marvel fucking again, and then Foxface and Roussine cards. Yeah, um, yeah. No more, not no more gambling today. No more. Why don't we have an Effie yet? It's crazy. We have no Effie. I don't even think we've gotten an Effie scene card. I think we've only. I, I, I think we've only seen Effie on the checklist card, which was a card, by the way. Still sore yeah. about that. I'm still sore about yeah. that. <laughs> All right. Well, shall we take it to the close? Yeah. Our theme song is Hot McGonagall by Treasure Moon. Huge thanks to them, as always, for letting us use that. As our theme song, you can find them on Bandcamp. And you can find us at patreon.com slash streetcast. And Liz, what will we be reading next time? Oh, I'm all mixed up. So I think that we're reading chapters 10 and 11, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. The first two chapters of Act 2 of Catching Fire. Great. Uh, well, in that case, until then, I nearly did the I nearly did catch you all on the flip side. I was in I was in fucking common room mode there for a second. Yeah. Happy Hunger Games. Happy Hunger Games. But there's a lady there Makes ocean raw seem tame Better know what you're after If you catch a eye Cause this hot mama Is just a cat in disguise